Welcome to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Over the next hour, you are going to go through a journey of transformation and self-realization. Now, here is Lena. Hello, and welcome to Medicine Wisdom. I'm Lena Franklin, modern medicine woman, transpersonal psychotherapist, and founder of the East Institute. Welcome to Medicine Wisdom, a radio talk show that will teach you that to journey inward is your highest calling, that you have the power to heal yourself, your power and purpose exist within your medicine, and your medicine is the gift your soul came here to share with the world. And I am so deeply excited and honored to welcome our guest for today, Allison Charles. Yay! Yes, Allison is a revered shaman and author. She is devoted to her medicine of embodying the shamanic path and really reconnecting people into their fullest divine power through sacred practices. She's the host of Ceremony Circle podcast, the best-selling author of Animal Power, and so much more. I just want to send a loving, light-filled welcome to you, Allison. Thank you for being with us. Ah, I receive <laughs> your love. I invited in fully, and thank mm. you. I'm so happy that this moment has arrived. And when you were reading your show description in the intro there, I wanted to get my <laughs> rattle out when you were talking about the, you know, the journey inward is the, you know, the most powerful thing that any of us can do. And wow, so true. And I feel like this year, 2023 really embodies that more than ever before. And, you know, I know you and I have been on the path for so many years, but I'm just excited for more and more people to join us and to have that same realization that you spoke about. Mm, oh, absolutely. And it's interesting because we have some common denominators and connections in our own path. We're both, you know, high level athletes, collegiate athletes. Um, I know you also, you know, came from the TV world, if I'm remembering correctly. And so it's, it's been such a joy to journey alongside you on this shamanic path and really um, being stewards of this work and of the medicines that flew, flow through others from their soul. And so, yeah, I'm excited to continue this work and to co-create together. So thank you. Yeah. And it was so nice, even, um, you know, in the 10 minutes we had before we went live right now and um, just sharing that we're both in the same similar energetic space today. We're both coming out of weekends of really, really deep, potent, powerful ceremonial work. And, uh, and then when I said to you, you know, I can feel my cocoon coming inward and I can feel I just need to give a minute to charge my battery even more like we just effortlessly and naturally as shamanic sisters, like I didn't need to explain what I meant. And we just went silent and just sat in like a silent space holding each other. And I was reflecting as we were doing that, I'm like, ah, oh, it's just so refreshing and glorious to have friends and colleagues and sisters um, on the path where we can just navigate moments like that. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, it was delicious and beautiful. And absolutely. It's like this, this knowing beyond the surface, beyond the words, which is um, 
that deep energetic connection, that soul connection. And that leads me into speaking of the soul and the soul in this, we're laughing, um, I call it this meat sack that we're in this human form that can feel kind of wild at times. And I know we're in a really accelerated time right now, energetically, but I want to hold some space for you, Allison, to share, you know, where you sit today in your work is such a potent place, author, teacher, podcast host. And, and I have always loved your medicine. And in this moment, I have this kind of more expansive reverence for the work that you share today. And so one of the things I feel like is, is such, it's such great medicine. It's such um, an access point into others, continuing to be on the spiritual path, continuing to awaken to who they truly are, to remember who they truly are. Can you share some about your journey and perhaps some of those initiations mm-hmm. and catalyst moments of guidance that have put you where you are in this moment? Yes, I will. I will tune in. Um, It has been, as you know, quite a journey for me to arrive in a deeper understanding and knowingness of who I really am and why I'm here. And I just want to honor the truth that while I am more embodied than ever before and in so many respects wiser than ever before, and I've gained really deep mastery in a lot of areas of life. And with that, I realize more than ever before that I don't know much of anything. And, you know, the (laughs) expanse of the infiniteness of all the unseen realms and even all the textures to learn here in the earth plane, you know, the, the expanse of all that is left to yet be discovered is very present with me as well. So I just always like to speak to that because I love that paradox of like the deeper you get on the path, the more and the wiser you get, the more you're like, I know nothing. Um, So yes, my journey to arriving here in this now moment, let me tune in to the the initiations that want to be shared because there have been so many. Yeah, the journey of learning, as you put it, my personal meat sack, my personal earthly vessel uh, that I incarnated with has been has been a big one. You know, I, I began my athletic career at just two and a half years old, you know, and I think that that's somewhat unique because that began a journey for me where at the time I didn't know it was happening. It's only after my awakening and and hindsight revelations where I realized, oh, wow. In a lot of respects, I was this like child star. Mm -hmm. And when we think about that term, you know, oftentimes we think about child star actresses and actors and we know the tumultuousness of that journey because we see that play out a lot you know a lot of them fall into addictions and just like really turbulent lifestyles because i think anytime we as humans start something that's super intense and super devoted and super focused at such a young age it just kind of sets forth a, a unique trajectory in some respects and that was definitely the case for me my dad was my my distance running coach And he put me in my first uh, road race before I was even three years old. And 
you know, it just set forth this um, incredibly deep learning initiatory time, even at that age, I, looking back, I know, um, I think it's, you know, about around age four or five, I felt I needed to make the decision. And the decision was, do I keep my spiritual attunement as open and connected as it is right now? And do I keep my seership because my seer ability is probably my top gift in terms of strength and clarity? Do I keep my seership in full activation mode? So that's, and my connection to God, goddess in full, full connection mode. So that's pathway option one. Mm-hmm. Or do I greatly dim and suppress all of that in order to preserve my relationship with my dad? Because there, it just felt like I had to make a choice. And, um, you know, I'll kind of whittle this answer down so we can keep flowing. But that decision point really was a massive initiation for me because um, it then took uh, so much to get me to reawaken to the truth of, of who I am and why I'm here and to reawaken to all of my spiritual gifts and abilities. And there's so much in between that decision point around age four. And then when I had my divine intervention, spiritual awakening moment, which was a simultaneous moment for me, which is at this point, I, it's really tough with me with earthly time, but I think I had my awakening somewhere around 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions about initiations in between that point. But I, I guess I'll end by saying my soul kept a brief sliver and a brief like a a small thread of my truth alive it was like we can't let it fully die out so i can look back and see the only books i ever read were self-help and metaphysics and learning how to read palms and the healing power of colors and even when i was a hip-hop radio show host for many years i was doing dream analysis for the listeners who would call in or i would i would be booking psychics to be in studio with us to do Uh readings for our listeners And so there was like, even even before my awakening, there was that subtle aliveness. Um, And then through the divine intervention, my story with that, it's it was the cataclysmic kind where my egoic shell got obliterated, the veil that I had so staunchly pulled down across my third eye got lifted instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And I was left in the raw truth that life as I knew it was not what it really was. I was left with the truth that I was not who I thought I was and the truth of the relationship that provided that awakening, that it was not at all what I had been deluding myself to think that it was. So I was in a lot of suffering and and denial leading up to my awakening, which caused me a ton of suffering and a lot of pain. Just really sitting with all of those pieces and I I can see you know that thread of light that stayed with you into the more cataclysmic dissolution and fracturing of the ego um, and the false self. And the question that's coming through, Allison, as we're really sitting in the the depth of your heroic human journey is, how were you able to one recognize the initiation kind of coming on as it was 
moving through you and through your life um, energetically and emotionally. And as you move through that really challenging, painful time of suffering, what did that look like? What did that feel like? And what gave you the courage to continue on? Because as well, as I know, you know, have gone through multiple um, incarnations of my own ego, death and dissolution. It's it can feel so massively dark and um, there's a seduction to going back into the illusion mm. that you've co-created with, you know, with your, with your world, with the universe and, and those old stories, right? The ego throws up these stories to kind of keep you trapped in that web of fear. So mm. for you, what, what was that initiation like and how did you continue on? in the depth. Oh gosh, so much poured in as you were talking. I was like, try to keep track. There's 10 pieces that know, came in. Yes, the darkness piece was super present um, through my awakening because one, one of, if not the main pieces that I had been in staunch denial and illusion around was um, the threat of addiction and being at play in my previous relationship. And to me, you know, I was just too scared to face um, those realities. And so I put the blinders on as we humans have a tendency of wanting to do, especially if we haven't gained a deep sense of cultivating um, a trust within ourselves to know that we are capable of handling the full spectrum of earthly emotions and the full spectrum of p potential earthly experiences. If we don't have that trust, um, embedded within us, there's just a natural tendency to shield and want to hide and to keep stuffing down and back the things that feel very gremlin-y and dark and scary because it's like, I don't know if I can handle all the feels that will come with that. And so after the veil got lifted and um, and I saw the truth of my ex-partner's addiction struggles. Uh, the scariest one for me was uh, his sex addiction struggles. There was something about the 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 body piece and mm -hmm. like the 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 energetics and the dishonor that comes um yeah and just like the texture that comes with that specific addiction felt super 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 scary for me to delve into and to fully face and alchemize transmute transcend all the things that i steadfastly did for so many years and i remember when i would first start to enter into those caves to like really get to know it and really face it. Um, I would only be able to enter in briefly and like kind of get a dose of an understanding and then I would take a breath and then I would exit back out. But I think that's pulling me into a different part of the answer of one of the other questions you asked of like, what has kept me going is when that veil lifted and I saw the truth of myself and that relationship, um, I, I knew I needed to go to Indiana where I'm originally from. And I stayed at my grandmother's house. Uh, I feel tender even mm -hmm. saying her, talking about her. Uh, yeah, she's someone I was very, very close to. And she passed away about a year and a half ago. Um, but I was just thinking about her before you and I went live, actually. She just feels very present today. Yeah. 
Thank you for bringing um, her into our space. Yeah. So thank you, Grandma Bernice. Um, she was so loving, like, gosh, so, so fortunate to have her as my grandma. And I stayed in her back bedroom, um, gosh, for I think like a month or two. And I continued to have awakening after awakening back in that back bedroom, uh, you know, spirit just taking me back to all these different um, experiences I had in life, but without the veil of denial anymore. So it was like a review, a life review, but I was still here living and they were showing mm -hmm. me like all the places um, where I had suffering, uh, but it was showing me everything illuminated and in truth. And I just knew there was just something that landed in me where I knew I could not allow myself to go back to those cycles of insanity and suffering like I had had it. I couldn't withstand that pain and anguish anymore. And knowing, you know, anybody who has lived in denial and then had a realization and an expanse into illumination and truth. Yes. It's, I mean, it's wild because you don't, when you're in denial, you don't know you're in denial. Right. And then when you're out of denial and you realize you're in denial, for me, there, there, I just knew I couldn't go back. And it's, there was just something that turned on inside of me that set me forward into complete devotion to the divine. Mm -hmm. And the last little bit that I share, um, that I'll share right now is that a monumental piece in that for me was speaking a true and genuine surrender statement to great spirit, to great mother earth, and of course, to my own soul. And I just truly put my hands up and said, I clearly do not know what I'm doing and I am ready to be shown the way and I meant it. And the next big important piece is I have heeded those calls because, you know, it's it's easy to say you're ready to change and it's easy to send a prayer up to spirit. But are you really going to live that prayer, become, become the life of that prayer? And that's one thing, you know, so many, so many years deep on this path that I really do give myself um, a lot of you know, acknowledgement and, and honor self honor for is that I have so courageously and devotedly heeded every call that's come my way, no matter how illogical, scary. And one of is using the title shaman, saying mm -hmm. yes to the shamanic path, sharing these shamanic teachings so publicly. The first vision that I was ever given once I started to you know, go to all of these different healers and devote to healing myself um, because I never, I never set out to be a shaman. I think that's such an important point for me to get across that I just knew I needed to heal. And it was in my devotion to healing that the truth inside of me and the soul calling inside of me and the medicine wisdom inside of me finally had mm. breath and it finally had room to to inform me and it had room to, to open up and and illuminate. And so, um, yes, I was shown that not only am I a medicine woman, not only am I a shaman, but I would need to be very front facing and outward facing with these teachings. And I would be merging this newly found truth with my past life in the media. And so uh, it has been a wild ride 
right? As you know, Lena, and um, I guess I'll take a little pause here. Uh, but yeah, that's that's some of my answer. Mm. Oh, I'm really seeing the this radiant image of a lotus, like you embodying the courage and being in that really deep and anchored place of devotion and transmuting and alchemizing the mud of the suffering of that relationship and and allowing that to be the sustenance to grow the lotus of your soul, the lotus of your medicine. I, I, I see that so potently in this moment. And I really, um, I honor I honor you and and that that journey, and I feel like it's so important. There, I I too, I'm like, okay, yes, there's so much coming through this conversation to to tune into. What I'm feeling guided to to kind of lean into a bit is is what you shared around this calling, like calling um, that you never set out to to become or to learn how to be. A shaman, but it was this deep inner calling through the deconstruction, through your healing journey. And that comes from this deep embodied wisdom beyond the cognitive mind, beyond the ego. And and I it's like embodied. Embodied is the word that continues to come through. And you what you shared also really it brings me back to my own um deconstruction in in my past marriage and that um that mantra or that that prayer that came through you that really was coupled with your devotion to move forward on this path with each and every calling that came your way the one that moved through me was um underneath the full moon when i knew everything that was false was falling apart and i was willing for that to happen even in the midst of such pain and anguish underneath the full moon, the mantra of, I will follow the call of my soul, no matter what it takes, no matter what it breaks. And your, your journey had completely brought me back to that moment. And uh, for the listeners tuning in, you know, I feel there's, there's so many teachings in this, in listening to the deeper part of yourself and being willing to host discomfort that arises in service of who you actually are being willing to let go of who you've been taught you should be. Yeah. Yeah. I, th and I, I hope I didn't interrupt you, but what was coming in to make me <laughs> pipe in here <clears throat> is one of my favorite phrases I'm pondering writing a book with this title, just because I'm just so obsessed with it lately. And it's just two words and the two words, encompass everything at least to me and the two words are in relation mm. oh right yes i, mean, I have full body chills <laughs> yeah i just i love speaking to it because i think if um you know someone did recently ask me you know like what has being on the shamanic path, um, as long as you have, and in the ways that you have, what is, has it most afforded you? And uh, when I close my eyes to tune into the answer to that, I just, I saw this massive, beautiful spider web. And it was just that web was holding so lovingly and reverently and encompassing the totality of all that is. And I was taken to that web and realized that 
I'm at one with that web. And it's like, because I am at one with the web of totality, no matter what scenario or life experience, even really challenging ones like loved ones passing away or getting pregnant and having a miscarriage or i mean no matter what the the texture of the wave or challenge or experience that comes in i'm just so able to healthily be in relation with what enters into my life experience and I'm able to so healthily feel everything that needs to be felt. You know, I'm able to healthily access old rage that I didn't even know was there because side note, anger is one of the trickiest (laughs) feelings possible. It will hide itself and convince the human that you don't have any anger inside of you. I don't live inside of you. And it like tucks its way into these tiny little nooks and crannies until you devote to really exploring that piece. And then you realize you've got a lot of old rage and anger, whether from this lifetime or past, you know, stuff down in there. And so I am just one of the areas I've gained mastery is in really healthily, fully feeling um, and giving the right proper space and expression for everything that needs to be felt and heard and acknowledged. And at the same time, I am so steadfastly in complete trust that this is always, everything is always serving me. It's always, there's always beautiful medicine and lessons and teaching. And I'm always tuning into, you know, where is, where is the growth here? And and why did this come into to guide me? And thank God I'm so adept at my my clairaudient gift and being able to hear spirit speaking to me. Um, or, you know, uh, when I had my miscarriage, being able to so clearly hear the spirit of the baby telling me why, you know, she came in for those nine weeks and what was happening um, through the the clearing of that miscarriage. And so I'm, I'm able to be fully human and in the earth plane and feeling the earthly emotions, but I'm, as a shaman, I'm able to, as you know, have a foot in both worlds. I'm also so connected to spirit and all the communications of my guides in the unseen realms. Um, and I'm able, I've, I've had so many friends and colleagues tell me that they, sometimes get in awe and learn so much in witnessing me and my processes and witnessing me and my rites of passage and initiations because they're like you handle it with such grace and you know it's 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 just nice to hear that because again just back to that web i am healthily in relation with all that is and i think that's truly the key to life <laughs> the wholeness like that web, I, I see it and I feel it, that medicine of, of interconnected wholeness moving through you as an invitation for all those that connect with your energy, with your teachings, with your books. Um, and, and that's, we talk about the shamanic path, that um, coming home to our wholeness as a human family, as brothers and sisters um, and children of the divine, 
that we're not separate from the divine. I mean, th- that's that's the weaving of the coming home to our our interdependence in in Buddhist teachings. We call it that interdependence. And I'm so glad you piped in and chimed in to to share that because I wanna I wanna continue diving into um, what it actually means uh, to be. A shaman and to be called authentically and devotedly onto the shamanic path because as you know there's a lot of um, demystification that's needed there's a lot of um, conversation out there around who a shaman is you know who a shaman's not who can be a shaman and and i i fully see you sister um embracing and embodying the path of the channel and the intermediary one foot in this physical 3d realm and one foot in the unseen divine spirit realms and after we uh go on a short break here i want love to dive more deeply into that topic so yeah we're gonna go on a short break we will be right back here shortly with allison charles and after we come back we will dive deeply into demystifying shamanism and the importance of sacred feminine leadership on this planet at this time. Be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Hosted by modern medicine woman and transpersonal psychotherapist, Lena Franklin, Medicine Wisdom is a radio talk show that will guide you on expansive journeys of transformation, inspiration, and powerful embodiment of your soul's purpose. We all have a medicine, a unique gift that's meant to flow through us and into the world. Wisdom comes when we transform the false aspects of our inner and outer lives in service of embodying the truth and light of our most expansive desires. Your Heart Ignited Desires are the access points into discovering who you are and why you're here on Earth. Medicine Wisdom, Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Have a question for Lena or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Medicine Wisdom. I'm here with beloved shamanic soul sister, Allison Charles, and we've been diving into the potent medicine of her spiritual awakenings and what has really guided her onto this this path of deep um, reverence to being on the shamanic path. So Allison, I would love to to continue the conversation around 
what is shamanism? Mm-hmm. And for those tuning in, of course, many have heard the term, but I feel there's this um, there's this need and also urgency to to educate and talk about what shamanism is, what it means to authentically walk the path of the shaman. So can you share with us? Yeah, so, so much coming in. I never get pieces of paper and notes out, but I was like, man, yeah, of course, you and I, when you were on my show on Ceremony Circle, it was the same thing when you and right. Jeff were on. It was like all these downloads before you guys came on. I was like getting readings. And then when you told your story, I was like, wait, you know, remember that moment where I was yes, like, the piece yes. that came in. It's so wild. So, um, yeah. So, oh, goodness. So, with shamanism, yeah, let's just start to weave together because. When you asked me to come on uh, with you today and I was tuning in to what we could p- possibly talk about, it just really revealed this shamanic education piece. And I think there's something extra powerful about two women coming together and s- specifically two women shamans coming together um, from yes. different backgrounds and different walks of life. And here we sit united um, being sisters on this shamanic path you know bringing our our divine forces and and powers together and um the one other little interesting thing i is coming through to share is um you know the difference in when after i had my awakening and started to realize the truth of who i am it was being shown the visions and told the next steps that i needed to take to put myself out there and and to get more and more healthily embodied as a shaman, you know, I began by facilitating all of these really beautiful and powerful guided shamanic journey events. This was when I was living in New York City for many, many years. And I was just organically and effortlessly like partnering with all these huge brands and all of these major hotels and having monthly full moon drumming guided shamanic journeys on the rooftop of the William Vale in Brooklyn and all of these things. And it was so powerful to be able to activate consciousness and shamanic remembering in a place like New York City, you know, the the place where I had the veil lift for me, the place where I had my Mm -hmm. spiritual awakening and to be able to give back to that vortex, to those powerful lands of New York City and to help guide others into the remembrance of who they are and awaken their own medicine wisdom inside. But what was interesting is after a number of years of so devotedly and exhaustively pounding the concrete jungle and doing that work um, day in and day out, the call from spirit began to come in of, and it started as like a somewhat medium whisper of like, you need to educate, you need to educate people. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't hear that one. <laughs> I, I will stay doing my talks and events and then not long after that the the message came in so loud that i actually was instructed um commanded more like by spirit to cease all events and cease all talks and mind you i was living on my own trying to make ends meet in new york city and um which i think is the world's most expensive city if i'm not mistaken and i'm like really i'm supposed to stop every aspect of my career that's allowing me to live here on my own i'm supposed to stop all events and all talks okay i will do that um and i did honor that and and that portal of taking that sacred pause lasted nearly three years and that was such 
I, I just actually want to give thanks and glory to great spirit and great mother earth for commanding me to do that. Because in that time I went deeper than ever before, did the most powerful shadow work of ever before. And it so steadfastly got me into such pristine, pure alignment with the pacing and energetic that I needed to hold with divine. Because what happens is, um, you know, with a lot of us that do this work publicly, like, Ego can get at play and these human aspects can get at play when you see other friends on book number 10 or other friends booking, whatever. Right. And like when you're trying to hold and balance being both a public figure and a medicine person, it's, right. it is the wildest effing journey of your life. Is it not? A hundred percent. It is every single day. One of my most wild practices. <laughs> you have to be yeah. so skilled and 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 yeah. you have to be so so in integrity and in doing so many checks and I'm not saying, you know, and I know firsthand not not every public figure spiritual teacher and public figure shaman is in integrity. And it's like it's just an easy thing um to to have different systems get away from you, but I'll progress to the shamanic education piece because that's what we're trying to focus on. My point in sharing some of that context and backstory is that there is it's a very different thing when you are a shamanic practitioner facilitating and holding space for and guiding ceremonies journeys rituals and healings if that is a very different path than being a shamanic educator right right two totally different things and I did resist the shamanic educator piece um, quite a bit because I could feel, you know, it was already challenging enough to like fully put myself out there so courageously, especially being given the instruction to use the title shaman, knowing the sensitivities that that can carry and the snap judgments that people can place. And also, you know, being a woman and coming from the Midwest and having the background in radio and athletics, like I am a shaman that is far outside of any box. And it's by divine design that I was given this particular meat suit to help rattle people's tight constructs of what a shaman is and, and help them to expand out of those tight boxes. And so there was just so much that I've had to reconcile and keep an integrity check along the way. And um, I have now for many years answered the call to be a shamanic and an initiatic educator. And the thing that I like to start with is just the foundational piece and there's a lot of nuances and I know we need to get into those. Um, but the foundational piece of shamanism is that we all, every single being that lives, not just in the earth realm on planet earth, but also in the unseen realms, it's the birthright of every single living being to learn how to get to know and to communicate and connect with honor to planet earth and get to know and communicate and connect with honor to the unseen realms. And at the core nucleus and you know center point of divine truth of what the foundation of shamanism is that that is what it is learning how to hold that line where the name rock star shaman comes from connecting with rock great mother gaia planet earth and the star portion great spirit the the unseen realms and so there's there's that birthright that we all have and i also like to um share about what I call the origin seed, that 
every single living being has. We all have this origin seed that holds in it the the divine truths of of all that is and it's just a matter of so we all have these shamanic ways and medicines and remembrances held in this origin seed but then it's just a matter of um, how willing are you to allow that origin seed to open up and germinate and sprout and and become who you are and then as that's happening as you know, and I'd be interested if you want to speak to this, like the shamanic calling is a very, very, very specific texture. And some of it is just ineffable and goes beyond the ability to use human words to try to describe and articulate. You just, the, the shamanic call to be an embodied shaman who operates on that in a devoted way to be a shaman, it's just a specific texture and calling. And it's different than a calling to be a star seed channeler or be, uh, um, you know, any sort of other ritualist. It's a very specific call. And then there's the call where you feel on a soul level or in that origin see that you want to lean into shamanic practices and shamanic ways. And you might feel a call to sit with a, you know, a shamanic high priest in Bali or sit with a Taoist shaman and, and you're guided there and you know that they have a key or a code for you, but you don't have the call necessarily to like, be an outward facing shaman teacher or facilitator, you know? And so this is where we start to get into all these different pathways and nuances. And, and then while the foundation of shamanism is the macro planes of planet earth in the unseen realms, well, then is the shamanic truth started to migrate their way around all the world. And there's shamanic traditions on every single continent. Well, then we get into there's different specific cultural, you know, traditional shamanic practices. So if you get called into those traditions, then there's things in there that you have to be extra mindful of. And so I'll take a breath because I know there's a lot to unpack. So that that's some some of the education. Oh, yes, absolutely. Use the word texture. You're absolutely right in that we're doing our best to use these um these English human words to describe something that is so vastly expansively beyond um, cognitive comprehension. So just kind of a pin in that. But yeah, the, that calling to be an embodied shaman in this particular realm, um, outwardly facing, is is this this knowing like this this knowing that feels to me the best way I can describe it. It's like you would be in complete self-betrayal if you did not follow that calling. And that is very different than being interested in, you know, learning about rituals or or even engaging in shamanic healing. I mean, this is this is your existence and the totality of of why you're here on this planet at this time and why you incarnated here. And so you know, there's so much nuance there and it's it's the inner journey that that I so often talk about, especially in the shamanic teachings and the meditation teachings. The more attunement and interrelationship we have with that inner guidance, the more we can differentiate the various callings that we are um, connected with. 
that quieting of the spaciousness, the emptiness, so we can actually tune into the truth with a capital T. And I was even, you know, in in ceremony this weekend, what's coming through is um, one of the ceremonies we facilitated, one of the common denominator themes was liberation and liberation from from the falseness, from those fear-based aspects. And of course, not all, but but many, you know, of the people that we are working with in facilitator training here at the East Institute, like that call is that non-negotiable, that that knowing that no matter what it takes, no matter what it breaks, I'm following this path. There's and no other option. There's no other option. I mean, li- I mean, I-, I feel sick thinking about taking another option. Well, then and- there's that term shaman sickness. You do mm-hmm. get sick if right. you try to staunchly ignore the call. Completely. And that, I mean, that was a big part of Jeff's path. And because Jeff was, you know, the doctors gave him three months to live because he had he had been on this alternative path that was not in alignment with his soul. And so I think, you know, that's a really important point that's kind of coming through this conversation that shaman sickness that when we are out of alignment, we are, you know, our cells, this like biological body responds in this way. So there's no separation between the alignment of um, our words and our choices and our thoughts and our, you know, our soul. Like when we're out of alignment, that manifests in the body. Yeah. And um, as per the theme of our our interview, so much coming in. Um, <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting for me and what has been my saving grace in this wild initiatory <laughs> path that just seems to continue to carry with it so, so many teachings is like, if I'm right and good with God, then I'm good. It's like I'm given, you know, these instructions and told to, you know, present in these ways, knowing, you know, and we're called medicine people for a reason where we carry yeah. medicine and not all the time, you know, medicine isn't meant to go down easy all the time or to taste like candy all the time. And that's been one of the biggest pieces I've had to reconcile because I'm such a kind person and I'm so loving and I have such a pure heart and I'm a good time. Like I've really silly and I'm really goofy and I'm just, I'm, I'm a good person and I'm honest and I have a lot of integrity and I know I carry powerful, potent medicine and transmissions. And I know that sometimes when I just simply walk into a room, certain folks can get blasted with certain just energetics that they're meant to, that ultimately serve their highest, greatest earthly good. But if they aren't carrying themselves or knowing themselves in a way to learn how to decipher, like what exactly is happening or when a trigger comes in, like what is the teaching of that trigger or knowing that when a trigger hits, the most important work is to like face yourself in that rather than project. Like there's so many things that can happen when you're a medicine person. Um, but what has gotten me through 
It's just knowing I live in devotion to the divine, to the pure divine, and I live in devotion to the instructions and guidance and calls of most benevolent and high God goddess. And so it's like, no matter where the boat rocks or no matter the triggers or the waves or no matter like the tumultuousness of being a public shaman, it's like, I know that I am right with God. And when I am right with God, I am good. So I wanted to speak to that and the other piece that felt important to speak to is like you and I are the types of embodied teachers and and practitioners where we also just as fully embrace our human side. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to speak to. I I hold and and is dear in my heart the human me as I do the the shaman me. And the the path of of shamanism is not, you know, swirling around continuously in the ethers and learning, you know, what it looks like when Ganesha visits you in the ethers. And like, yes, it is that. And another huge piece of what is a shaman, what is a healthily embodied true shaman, it's the ability to audaciously and nonstop face ourselves, face ourselves over and over and over again and embrace yes. our human side. But I think the key piece with this is, yes, we have human tendencies and yes, we're here in earth school to infinitely evolve and learn. So with learning oftentimes comes flubs and flaws and mistakes, but it's like, what do we do with that piece? Like when yes. a human tendency comes in, when a human behavior comes in that could potentially be harmful, are we the type of person to catch that? Do we allow ourselves to catch that human behavior and tendency? And are we willing to correct it? Where the issue comes in is when people do not take responsibility and there is no... um what's the word i had came up with a, a a quote i haven't posted on instagram yet but i have the post of the, the quote card made and i said compassion without accountability or responsibility equals enabling mm -hmm. so it's like i get so tired i get you can tell i get fired up about this and i'll take a break in a second but I get really tired of people that say like, oh, just have compassion for that person. They're human. Yes. And it is our freaking job and responsibility to face that stuff, to learn, to correct and become a better human over and over again. I have such little tolerance for people that just constantly and exhaustively use the freaking excuse, have compassion for me, I'm human and fucking, oh, sorry, and freaking do something about it. I don't know if you're allowed to cuss on your show because um, we're live. Yes. Okay. Anything. Yes, this is this is a. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Open, open space, whatever comes through. So yeah, I'll take a beat, but it's like, yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I know we're all human and I'm human and I live in devotion to facing myself. It's mm. not that hard. No. Oh, amen, sister. I mean, I, I feel this every day. I feel this so deeply. And this is this is the the balance of all the realms. We can't privilege being in the unseen realms, being in this, um, you know, this place that we see it so often, right? That spiritual bypassing of not taking responsibility, of denying those human aspects because it's too uncomfortable to look at your shadow, to look at where you are continuing to perpetuate fear and create story. Um, 
versus being courageous and willing to meet yourself every single day. And this is a lifelong practice. You know, I think, I think as, as, especially as a, as a shaman and spiritual teacher um, in the forefront, that message is one of the most important because we, we lead not just with the shamanic lens, but with our, the humanness, the authenticity that yes, even we can falter. I mean, even recently you talked about anger, which really relates also to, you know, and that's a whole nother conversation, um, but the, the awakening of sacred feminine leadership and the denying of that aspect of anger and rage that I repressed so deeply within myself and had a story that I was, had already processed my anger. That was a layer that needed to come up and out this year through, you know, through the, the fiery anger that was like so deeply bound in my liver from all of the lifetimes of betrayal and oppression and abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, that, that is the meeting of the self, you know, how can you continue to have the courage to do that every single day and take responsibility for your thoughts take responsibility for your words, take responsibility for your actions and make life a living ceremony. Yes. And I, oh, three minutes till we close. So I'll go hurry. I'll, I'll hurry with it. But yeah, I, we're at such a precipice moment right now of clearing out so like so staunchly right now, a lot of these old paradigm systems. And I, having been in this space for so, so long and being so closely interconnected with so many other spiritual teachers and, and shamans in this space, it's, it's an important thing to have very strong and wise discernment in terms of who you sit with, who you share space with, because I have personally witnessed, and it saddens me, but it's this, it's the truth that there are a lot of public figure spiritual teachers who are could not be further out of alignment with the divine and could not be further out of alignment with integrity and so you know it's not fear-mongering it's just something where as more people have of these awakenings and as more people are feeling that origin seed and that soul-led call to immerse in different ceremonial practices and rituals, take your time. Just because your friend or your cousin sat with so-and-so, it doesn't mean that that's the right practitioner or guide for you. And, you know, it's, I just, I want to recommend to people to really tune into themselves and really like take a moment of prayer and meditation before they say yes to things until that uh, refinement is really developed in themselves because there are a lot of teachers out there and I don't, I love my husband and I love men, but just from experience, um, the, the women leaders of this time are the ones that carry just such beautiful integrity. And I, and I think it's important to speak to that and honor that. Mm. Aho, aho sister. Thank you. That's, I feel like that is the, the perfect place to punctuate this potent conversation. And in the last few moments, can you share how people can connect with you? Yeah, I think the best way, um, you can find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles and Allison is A-L-Y-S-O-N. Um, my book and deck, which are bestsellers, Animal Power Book and Animal Power Deck are available everywhere. Books and decks are sold. I think it's 20% off on Amazon right now. And of course, Ceremony Circle Podcast, where I've had Lena and Jeff on and um, a lot of other incredible integrity-filled spiritual teachers from around the world. So grateful for all that you are. Thank you for everyone listening in. And please join us next week on Medicine Wisdom, where we'll welcome Melissa Ruiz. And remember, the world needs the gifts only you have.
What is your medicine? Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. We hope today's episode was educational and helpful. Until we talk again next week, have a fabulous week.